Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this sitting on a bench outside the Emerald Inn on 72nd Street in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, the home of, what what is the Upper West Side of Manhattan? The home of Trump Tower, which at one point was the home of Derek Jeter. I'm trying to find that, I had to connect something here with baseball. This is a historic moment here as I'm recording this podcast. I have done more podcasts, probably my most frequent guest has been Lisa Swan, the creator of Subley Squawkers. But until this date in 2016, I've never physically met Lisa Swan. We've never been in the same room together. If we were, it was because we were at a Yankee game together, but we were, along with 55,000 other people, we didn't know each other then. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting on a bench next to Lisa Swan. Lisa Swan, you're real. We're here. We're actually sitting on a bench next to each other in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I was just doing the Kermit the Frog thing, waving my arms. Yay! <laughs> this is unbelievable. I have to tell you something. This is part of this is because I'm a dipshit, but uh, there was a big meeting of like uh, uh, baseball writers and everything. I had written down it was going to be on a Friday. And I told Lisa, well, let's come in. We can actually meet each other. We'll go to this big thing. It turns out it was on a Saturday. I got the date wrong. But do you know what? The night was at a total loss. Guy Lisa Swan and I got to hang out. Yeah. So how? Welcome, well, welcome to New York. Yes. But, well, glad to see you and, and welcome to uh, the Upper West Side. And and it, this all worked out. It all worked out for the best. So. Yeah. I mean, this is actually. I used to live uh, three blocks south from here for about uh, for a decade. This was my neighborhood for about a decade. And and. And I'm now surreally sitting here in front of the Emerald Inn, and uh, we watched a little bit of the Mets-Braves game. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to drop, but the Mets and the Braves were playing, and uh, we were talking a little baseball, as you and I are wont to do. Yes, and um, it, it, I, I just wanted to tell your uh, listeners that, that uh, I, I, I have to brag, I was right on something. I was Cassandra last year when I said that the, this town was about to become a Mets town, and it used to be, and it wasn't that long ago, a year ago you'd go to every bar in town and be the Yankee game on, and now you're starting to see the Mets everywhere. Yeah, we, we came here, we, came, we arrived here about an hour and 15 minutes ago. We sat down, we had a drink, we had a little something to eat and everything. There are three or four TVs on there. Now, as we're recording this, the, the Mets are playing Atlanta, and the Yankees are playing uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Not one TV is on the the Yankee Minnesota game. Yes. That is that, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. It's all Mets. It's it's uh it's it's very bizarre. My my blogging partner's thrilled over this uh, turn of events. Um, I, I I have mixed emotions because on the one hand, as a Yankee fan, I want to see a Yankee game. On the other hand, uh, as a Yankee fan who, who wants the the uh, he wants Brian Cashman out, wants Randy Levine out, and, want, and wants his Steinbrenner kids to sell. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a sad thing to kind of wish for for your team to be like, you know, the the second banana 
Atlanta in town for good things to happen ultimately. But unfortunately, that's the bottom line because as long as the money's coming in, they're not going to change anything. You know, I was about to say that, like, would you rather be right or would you rather see a Yankee? Would you rather be wrong about the Yankees? And I can tell you one thing from from me. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot better to be wrong neg negatively in terms of you thought, like, like 2013, for example, I've been listening to some of my old podcasts, and going into that year, I just trashed the Red Sox left and right, saying, look, they're going to be, they were terrible last year with Bobby Valentine, they're going to be terrible this year, but at least, they, at least they're not going to be long-term terrible, at least this, but like, I'm listening to like, obviously this is a 90-loss team, obviously this team is going to stink, obviously this team is going to be this, and I was dead wrong that year. I don't know if you remember what happened. I, I blocked it out. I blocked out that year, and there was uh, some, was it 2004, 2007? I, I, I don't remember what happened those years either. Yeah, but I'm saying it's it's better to, it, it, you know, I was going to ask you, would you rather be uh, right and have them be bad, or would you rather be wrong and have them be great? I can tell you from experience, it's so much better to say, I was wrong, yeah. I was wrong. No, it's true, it's true. But I, I, I wish I could be wrong and that all of a sudden they're, they're going to do something great. I mean, last year I thought nothing was going to happen, and then it's like, well, they're actually doing something, and then they kind of tanked the last two months. But, you know, in retrospect, it's like, well, yeah, they made it to the playoffs and they, you know, had one wild card game. Is that, is that what it's all about now? It used to be World Series or bust. Then it was, well, get to the World Series or bust. Then it was, <coughs> well, win the division or bust. And now, then it was a wild card. And now it's a second wild card. Wow, this, this is really exciting. I, I honestly think, I'm not saying this as a Sox fan, I'm saying this actually as, a, as, as impartial as I can be. I think Carlos Beltran has trade value now. I think Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman have trade value yes. now. Yes, yes. And I think, and if I think that if they strike now, especially with so many teams that are kind of like, oh, if we had a bullpen arm, if we had one other bat, like I'm not saying the Yankees should do. Look at, I think it may actually behoove the Yankees to do a full rebuild. But if they like, let's say they get. You're not going to get a top prospect for any of them. You're not going to get, like, Gallo from the Rangers for any of them. Right. But if, let's say, you get a good young... You get, like, two good young outfielders and a good young third baseman for those three players. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you may get other players, but the prize, okay, we got a, an outfielder who is, like, in double-A or triple-A on the verge of coming up. Mm -hmm. Or a third baseman who is blocked, you know, like some some crap like that. And you look up at the end of the year, you say, oh, okay, we could have Judge and these two young outfielders and a young third baseman knowing you're going to have Bird back next year and cooking, uh, not Cook, uh, um, uh, uh, Castro and Gregorius. You could have a decent nucleus of young players who will be a hell of a lot more useful to the team than having Carlos Beltran break down on your watch or having middle relievers, having, or having a bullpen like this is like having your, your, your roof is caved in, the sewage is flowing through the, the kitchen, but you have a Maserati in the garage. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. 
when they talk about with the prospects, it's like, oh, we got all these guys. And you go back, and I was actually looking back at, at, at my blog for the last few years and seeing, like, oh, it's going to be this one, it's going to be that one, or whatever. And it's like, the closer these guys get to the majors, the more they make excuses why they can't actually play them. And it's like, it's finally they got stuck with Ref Snyder, like, oh, oh, geez, we got to actually play this guy. Because it was all this stuff, like, he's great, or whatever. And then it was one of these things where the fans were really like, hey, look, you got to play this guy or not. Because so they, they were playing Stephen, the Stephen late Drew. the late Stephen Drew was playing yeah. second base. And, and, and that was one of these things. It's like, here you got this guy who's literally the worst hitter in the major leagues, and you keep on putting him out there. Why aren't you giving this guy a chance? We know what Stephen Drew can do, and it's not very good. So let, 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 let's, let's, give the, let's give the kid a chance. So that's my concern. Well, let me say in Stephen Drew's defense, he was a world champion Red Sox. Uh. I'll never get over that. <laughs> the Yankees currently have. You know, I've had people walk past us all the time. You know what? I don't care. I'm not even going to cut that out. You think. I, I, I really think it will help the Yankees enormously to deal Beltran, Miller, and Batances sooner rather than later. Do you think they should deal all three? And do you think if do you th do you think if they should, and do you think that if they would? Well, I, I would say deal Chapman over Batances because Chapman's the one that's going to be a free agent. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to. I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. to say Batances. I meant to say I, I Chapman and Miller. Sorry, Chapman yeah. Miller and Beltran. Yeah, but the, the, he, here's the thing. Ultimately, what it comes down to: Do you trust Brian Cashman to make these decisions, and and that he's gonna is he gonna be Sandy Sandy Alderson and get Ferrari Dickey to get um, Syndergaard and, and Darno? I I don't think so. So that that's the thing that concerns me. Are you gonna get like? anything good for that. I mean, we both, both agree they're not going to get the top prospects, but his, his judgment isn't very good. Yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's the elephant in the room. And in one sense, when you take a look at like, I mean, this is the, when I talk about the Red Sox being the least sentimental organization in the world, they, Charrington, I'm not sure, what was the name? Who was the, our GM who was, who they, um, the, I see. I already forgot his goddamn name. The guy who put together the 2013 team and slapped them together. Well, Charrington. Yeah, Charrington. Yeah, Charrington. And they he slapped together the team. Boston Strong. We're all crying. Yeah. This is our fucking city. All the stuff. Yeah. We're balling. And a year and a half later, he's updating his LinkedIn page, <laughs> looking for a new job, because they saw. Uh, they were able to get Dombr Dombrowski was let go from the Tigers, and the Red Sox said he's better. Yeah, I would have loved if the Yankees could have uh, actually had some vision and, and gotten him. Because he's one of the, I mean, it, it's like the, the uh, and I remember with uh, the, the guy who's for L.A. now, uh, the, Andrew Friedman. Right. And I said, because people would say, well, you need to figure out who could be the GM if it can't be Brian Cashman. It's like, well, is that the way it works in the real world? You have to have the replacement when you fire somebody? I don't think it works that way. But even if it did, th this is my guy, Andrew Friedman. Oh, oh no, he would never leave Tampa. He's in good with the ownership. Oh, really? And and guess what? He's not there anymore. Right. So, you know, that, that, believe it or not, money can actually talk and get good people. And it used to be with the Yankees. Steinbrenner every so often would, uh, he's got to get this guy 
at, you know, not, not just players, but front office guys. And, you know, he wanted to get Dick Williams. That didn't work out. But, you know, he actually did try on, on different big names to get for, <coughs> you know, well, this this might actually be a you know, impact uh, person in the front office. I, I, re- I remember when Friedman was, was a free agent when, or well, he was he just was he was just poached by the Dodgers and yeah. I remember I may have even sent you a needling email when that happened but it was kind of like oh here's someone who could have yeah. you know it's like they talk about people talk about the Yankees are going to sign this the Yankees are going to sign that you know why don't they I, you and I have been saying this for years why don't they raid the Cardinals front office yes, exactly. when you keep seeing these franchises that keep or the Giants front office you keep seeing the Giants keep rolling over and bringing in new players and new players and oh we oh we, we we got this player hurt. We got that player hurt. Well, guess what? Two new people are in. They're back in first place again. Yeah. And like you know, say so, okay, you can't get Sabian. Mm-hmm. Who's the second in command? Yeah. Who's their farmhead? Like who along the way can you poach from another organization that you say okay, who's developing all these players? Maybe we'll bring them in. Exactly. And like why why is that such a a, a hard hard pill to swallow for the Yankees to realize, hey, we can actually use our money not just to try to sign players, but to entice these other organizations. I mean, trust me, I love that Brian Cashman is the general manager of the Yankees, and the idea of them turning to Brian Cashman to make these trades is beautiful because, you're right, he probably would botch the trade. Yeah. But, I mean, is it just is, it seems like there's the job security of being the Yankee general manager is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what what has this been? Eighteen years. So basically, I mean, is that just think about like what it was like fifteen years ago, pre nine eleven, what 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 this country was like. Ninety eight was like, a, you know, Clinton and Monica. I mean, think about that. That's how long he's been the GM. How long has that been in this country? Titanic was still in the yeah. theater. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We were still excited about the possibility of a Star Wars prequel. There are only three Star Wars movies. That's true. Now we're up to, what, eight or seven. Yes. That, and that's three of them were unwatchable. Yes. Yes, that, that, that is true. That's I, I, I get that intellectually. I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I, I know that, but like at the yeah. time, it was like, oh, man, can you believe it? They're gonna be, it's, it's gonna, I hear Liam Neeson's going to be in. It's going to be great. It's called yeah. The Phantom Menace. It's going to be a great movie. Hey, Brian Cashman was the general manager. Yeah, well, I guess I guess it was with the, well, the Seinfeld. That was very controversial, the last episode. Yeah, there that you was go. 98. That was 98, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's how long it's been, and it's just like they keep on well, but he's he needs this or whatever, and he's got this. It's like he got this alleged complete control in two thousand five. Think about that; it's been over a decade. How many more years is this guy gonna get? Yeah, and there's and and there's no way anyone can convince me that he's getting any pressure from the Steinbrenner kids. No, they don't right. know what's going on. It's it, whenever I hear Hal talk about the players, it's like I think I think. Cashman and send him a crib sheet because he'll say the names and it's like he's you know it's like somebody cheating on a test they're looking over here reading oh wow blah 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 and 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 Aaron Judge and da 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 he doesn't know who these people are and and, and that's the thing he keeps on saying you know it's it's oh well they've they've got these guys coming up I don't believe it so do you think that maybe what okay I guess here's the question and and this is this is something you and I have been asking. But what would it take to, because I, I agree with you intellectually that Cashman's no longer the guy. He can't be the guy anymore. Yes. And if that's the case, and the Yankees have gone from 
I mean, let's just, I'm going to say something right here. There is a possibility. I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a probability, but there's a possibility that the Yankees may not win a pennant in the 2010s. No, that's possible. Because yeah. I think it's safe to say they're not going to win the 2016 pennant. Yes. And so, because that leads to 2017, 2018, and 2019. There are three more shots at it to yeah. go to the World Series. The Yankees haven't had a decade where they missed the World Series. The last time that happened was the 1910s. Yes. Since they acquired Ruth, I mean, even in the 80s, which was a dark decade for the Yankees, they made it to the World Series in 81. Right. In that weird split season. Yes. But they made, they, there was a pennant. They, they did, there was a, they, the Bronx saw a pennant in 81. Yes. I and, was actually at um, one of the playoff games in 81 and uh, one of the World Series games. I was at the last uh, World Series game the Yankees won until 96. And yeah. it was it was one of these things, it was, as, as your uh, um, listeners may remember, it was a reverse of 78 because they won, the Yankees won the first two games. I was at game two. We're all singing New York, New York. It's like, this is great. And then they didn't win. You know, it, it all went to... Went, 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 went to hell after that. So. And then, but if the Yankees go a decade without make, because they won the 09 World mm-hmm. Series. What I'm saying is we have to wait till 2019 for Cashman to lose his job. Yeah, I guess so. Because, I, I mean, that would be, that would be, you have the job for 21 years, you have full control for what 15 to yeah. 14 15 years of that yeah but and you've gone and with your full control you've gone a decade without going to the world series in a decade where we've already seen the royals in it twice yeah well i mean one of the things with cashman that drives me nuts is like he thinks he's he's such a badass he's so cool and one of the things I've i been, wish you could see lisa's expression yeah. when she's doing that creating like i've only heard you on the phone so i actually see like such a bad you squeeze your face up with such venom i'm seeing the visual side of lisa swan and her venom to brian cashman is something i've never experienced <laughs> until this moment and my god it's been worth the wait keep going yeah, well, somebody somebody recently told me something about with uh, they were recommending me for something, and they said something a sometimes biting wit. It's uh, like, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, honey, you haven't seen. Yeah, and it's like yeah, you don't even know that this person's like sometimes biting. It's like you haven't even seen the worst of it. But you know, but but you know the the, the biting wit now with Brian Cashman. One of the things it's like I hear him say this stuff. Oh, I'm a you know I'm I'm extreme. I'm climbing, I'm doing this, you know, rappelling off the buildings. I drive around Manhattan without a helmet. Well, you drive around Manhattan on a bicycle without a helmet. You're a moron. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. That's that's pretty stupid. And it's it's not anything to brag about. I mean, I've done two Spartan races. I've done three half marathons. And you know what? You, you take precautions. You don't do stupid things. But that that's a, that's a casual mentality that he's such a badass. See, he's so tough. And it's like... There's being tough, and there's being brave, and then there's being stupid, and he's he's the latter. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm I'm thrilled that he's the general manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> I'm thrilled that he's making the decisions, and that they've given him the car keys and full autonomy. And then, you know, it's funny how people will still you know you'll still talk to casual baseball fans, and they'll say the Yankees sign all the best players, and they win in every year. I said, really? Yeah. Hey, if you're if imagine using my rule of seven. 
mm-hmm. and you are like, you know, let's say you're 11, 12 years old, you're going, um, I haven't seen that. I've never seen my team in the World Series. I've, you know, I have no, me- or I have no memory of my team in the World yeah. Series. I have no memory of my team signing all the big players. And, and you know, you know, if they, assuming they don't make the playoffs this year, you will have an entire presidential administration, a four-year stretch, where they've had one playoff game and one where they really didn't play that well in. Yeah, well, well, I always say the thing is like, you know, we, 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 yeah, uh, my, my joke was always like, you know, they, they haven't won a World Series this time, like since, you know, Bush was, you know, it's like 2000 when Bush was running for president and 2009, I, I get, I, you know, it's like we're going, it's like all this time, the years and, and it, it's just, I mean, this, <laughs> we're getting to a long time of these things now. So, uh, and then the other thing the Yankees haven't done as opposed to the Mets is the, 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 the Mets don't really get a lot of credit for this, but they were, they've been very good with the community. They do all these little things. If you go to a Mets game, and this is not the things that are on TV, but they'll do like, this first pitch is by a season ticket holder. And, you know, they'll do, they, well, we went to a game a, a couple weeks ago, and they did like four first pitches of this, this community person and this and that and whatever. And they have all, all this different, you know, some of the stuff's kind of hokey. But they have, they've had marching bands out there. They have all these crazy little But you things. know what? Hokey's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. Right. Hokey could be kind of fun and endearing as opposed to saying, oh, I don't know if we want those kind of people sitting next to me or, oh, don't use the, you know, make sure there's a ticket right. floor or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that, sometimes hokey could be endearing, especially when you have an entire organization that's taking a dump on their own fans. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's the thing. I can tell you personally that I've, I've dealt with the Mets and I've tried to deal with the Yankees, and the, the Yankees are impossible, and that's what most baseball bloggers have found. The Mets are actually pretty good, and, and they've personally done stuff for me that the press people and uh and uh, i was uh just so your readers know um the guidepost magazine had a story that i did and and we needed to do a photo shoot because it was about a spartan race that was at city field and so i you know this was like the shot in the dark to contact the mets to see if they would actually let us uh do pictures and they they opened up the stadium in the middle of winter and they <laughs> they had me there in, in the ballpark doing burpees by the shea bridge and i were able to get photos for the Yankees, that would never have happened in a million years. Well, there you go. Hey, look at um, we've been sitting here. I think we recorded two podcasts yeah. here. We recorded two podcasts out of this. At one point, I'm going to slice this in two. Um, and so you're, you're going to have to do a new opening and intro and everything. But, hey, this has been a historic moment. <laughs> yes. After the first, I mean, we, you were on the old podcast, the old version of the podcast, which was like an hour-long show I did once a week, so I mean, not just the daily one. So this has been, I think, five years in the making? Yeah, at least. Five yeah. years in the making. And we're sitting here, sitting here, to paraphrase Arlo Guthrie, sitting here on the bench, <laughs> sitting here on the Group W Emerald Inn bench with Lisa Swan of Subway Squawkers, uh, this has been, this is exactly what I was, you know, anyone who walked past us assumed that we've known each other for years, and I guess we have. Yes, we have. We, we just... have. And he, ironically, that's uh, the White Hole, which is, I, I take the White Hole uh, 
terminal, the Staten Island Ferry. And it's, it's, it's like literally next door to where uh, Earl Guthrie was, was saying he wanted to kill, kill. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So look at that. We're, we're making Alice rest, Alice's Restaurant references left and right. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. If you try to make it with the kids today... In, in with the technology and social media in the 21st century, make as many Arlo Guthrie Alice's Restaurant references as humanly possible. But I knew you would get that. I knew you would get that. Sit on the group W bench, and my mother got it too. Who's listening to this? Hey, if you uh, if you got that reference, uh, uh, hashtag Group W bench on Sully Baseball on Twitter. So hey. Um, Lisa Swan, in person. Yes. I'm like, oh, my elbow, my elbow just, our elbows just touched. Yes. Look at that. It's a really, oh my goodness, <laughs> this has been an amazing thing, and this has been a, you know, the, 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 although one little quirk about all your appearances on the show is now gone. Guys, say, you, you, we've never ever met, but we do this. Well, now we have. So do you know what? But it was worth it. Oh. Kind of like 2004, it was worth it. Oh. <laughs> just throw that in there. I, I, All right, I, for you, 96. That's true. Okay, 96. 96. That was, I mean, that was the year that they, you guys beat the Braves. No one gave you a shot. Yes. Nobody yeah. believed in us. No one believed in us. It was one of the last time that a Yankee team could say nobody believed in us. That's true. Charlie Hayes makes the catch. Everyone dog piles. And I was sitting in my apartment on 24th and Lexington, and I felt good for the Yankees. I did. I felt good for the Yankees and their fans who stood by them all those years. I said, like, you know what, they're probably not going to win another World Series for a long time, but they've experienced this. And let me tell you, in 98, 99, 2000, I wasn't feeling good for the Yankees and their fans. Yeah, it's funny because that's what Squawker John felt the same thing. 96, he was okay. They were, you know, because it, uh, it was a likable team. They really were. And, and it, it, it was good for New York and everything. And, and then, but yeah, it's around like 98, he kind of got like, yeah, okay, enough. Oh, 98, I was like, I was angry. Yeah. I was angry because the Red Sox lost that series to Cleveland in the division series. And I liked that Red Sox team because they had Pedro, they had Mo Vaughn, they had Nomar. And I thought, do you know what? They had, they had a decent year from Saberhagen, they had a decent year from Wakefield. I thought, do you know what? Head to head. Pedro could win two games against the Yankees. If they steal one game in Yankee Stadium, we have a shot. We have a shot. Because, you know, I, I would pick Pedro over any Yankee pitcher that year. Mm. And so I was like, going, if Pedro, if it lined up that Pedro wasn't pitching against Wells, we have an outside shot of beating that team. And then they lost the, 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 to the Indians. I went, ah, damn it. Damn it. And so, anyway, but we're getting off track. Lisa Swan, where can people hear your stuff or see your stuff or read your stuff or any stuff? Uh, SubwaySquawkers.com. Go, go check it out. Uh, we've been fans of each other since I was just a blogger and thinking someday I might maybe do one or two podcast episodes. And here we are, 1,300 episodes later on a park bench with people walking around us. And I couldn't go, hey, could you quiet? We're doing the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I got Lisa Swan here, for Christ's sakes. All right, Lisa Swan. Hey, uh, for the rest of you, uh, go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast is my handle there. Because uh, believe it or not, there's another Sully Baseball. Um, 
Where else can I be? You could be old school. Send me an email yeah. at info at sullybaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Sitting on a bench at the Emerald Inn on the west side of Manhattan. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast in person with Lisa Swan. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Lisa Swan, what can people call me? Please call me Sully, as you say. Yes, or please as- call you Sully. Yeah, don't call Lisa Sully, for yeah. Christ's sakes. Yeah, I would say that's like, that's like George Burns and Gracie Allen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's another reference of the kids. Yeah, that. kids love it. Kids love your Burns and Allen references. Oh, they love it. Keep it fresh. Keep it young. George Burns was never young. <laughs> that is true. All right. That's at least two episodes.